Welcome to another episode of What is Hashimoto's with Dr. Martin Rutherford. To find out more on any of our topics or for information on scheduling a consultation with Dr. Rutherford, please visit us at whatishashimoto's.com. And now, here's Dr. Rutherford. Okay, microbiome and Hashimoto's. Okay, so there's been a lot said on the microbiome. I actually talked to somebody yesterday who hadn't heard about the microbiome. That was kind of unusual because most of the people who are coming to me today have seen, have been all over the internet <laughs> trying everything, and when it didn't work, you know, that's when they call us. So, um, so microbiome project. The microbiome project was 2005 to 2010. It was amazing. I actually have a colleague who was involved in that project. There was 18 people on that project. And, um, and that's where they came to understand that the microbiome, that three to five pounds of bacteria in your intestines was uh, mind-bogglingly important to our overall health. Go figure. You know, we're eating, it goes, we digest it, it goes into our intestines and it creates a balance in bacteria. How could that possibly be affecting our health so much? <laughs> but, you know, when you tell somebody that your microbiome could be causing depression, your microbiome could be causing inflammation, it could be the reason that you can't lose weight, it could be the reason that you have anxiety, it could be part of the reason that when it breaks down, you're having pain in your joints or it's, you're having pain throughout your body. And uh, you know, a lot of people, particularly back then, even practitioners would kind of roll their eyes, but nobody's rolling their eyes now. The microbiome is a big deal for everybody, okay? Um, one of our, I think one of our successes here was that my colleagues um, no, took great notice in the clinical application of the microbiome relative to uh, the types of conditions that my colleagues and I treat, which is like, I call them, the, the I, I actually, off camera, we call them the mystery disease patient because it's the patient who's come and all the labs are normal and they've been everywhere. And it was more mystery disease back in the 90s and 2000s uh, than it is now. But, but the person who just has every single symptom known to humanity, and, and where does it begin? And this, this goes back to the leaky gut, but this goes beyond that. And, the, and here's the thing about, about the microbiome and Hashimoto's. It's bad enough that the United States of America has the worst microbiome of any country on earth. And, and that is a fact. That is a study that was done in the microbiome project back in 2005 to 2010. And they took um, biopsies of virtually every single country's average microbiome for five years, they compared them and the United States was worse because we just eat like crap and <laughs> we're stressed out of our minds. And so, uh, but to take that one step further, the microbiome of the Hashimoto's patient is totally different from even the average microbiome of the, uh, um, of the uh, um, of the ver of the normal population, um, it, 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 the Hashimoto. For, I'm first of all, Hashimoto's contributes to creating a bad microbiome. Um, the hypothyroid aspect of Hashimoto slows everything down, so you don't digest your food right. Your stomach's not digesting your food right. 
your stomach's not sterilizing your food, which makes you more susceptible to creating bad bacteria and candida stuff. And then all, and then all the way down the line until you have these bad bacteria in your in your gut. But a big part is that the number one country that in the world that had the microbiome, and I can't remember what it was now, but but, I, but here's what I do know. It was a country that had indigenous tribes, and the one indigenous tribe wandered around for always, they were nomadic, and they would eat like 600 different vegetables a year, 600. And so, variety. And they had the best microbiome, meaning their bacteria were pristine. They had, they had like virtually no bad bacteria. They were, they were vibrant. They were just all kinds of, you know, all of their measuring sticks, their mental abilities were in, incredible and their muscles were good and their blood sugar was great and all that type of stuff. Um, and, and, and we at, you know, we, we here in America eat like eight different foods a week, <laughs> you know, and a lot of them aren't vegetables. And I'm exaggerating a little bit, but you know what I'm talking about. You know, like it's Monday, it's this, it's Tuesday, it's that. Thursday, I'm gonna go for sushi. Wednesday, I'm gonna go for pizza. You know, it's Saturday afternoon, I'm gonna go for this. Obviously, a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, prepackaged foods, a lot of uh, um, fast foods and those types of things, all, all this. And stress and stress hormones all kill our microbiome. But for Hashimoto's, it's even less diverse than, um, than, uh, than the average population. And we think it's because the broken digestive system causes you to kind of intuitively um, un know that, ooh, you know, I don't like eating that food, it doesn't feel right, you and you, you start eating other foods, and then you start eating other foods, and you keep breaking these foods down uh, poorly because you have a poor digestive system. 95% of people who come here with Hashimoto's have poor digestive systems. And, um, and then you create all these food sensitivities, and then that alters your microbiome. And, and that leads into also, um, most, uh, the vast majority of people come in here with Hashimoto's have small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Okay, bacterial overgrowth symptoms are mind-bogglingly common in the Hashimoto's um, uh, uh, patient population. I mean, I would put it at 70% or more. Now, I have a very unique patient population. These are the people who come in and see me, so I could be off, but, my, but it's not that much, nowhere near that much in like the non-Hashimoto's population. So, um, so, so, so I'm treating SIBO like all the time because it's, it's very common. And this seems to, uh, um, and, then, and then you put all that together and, and these guys are really, really a problem with Hashimoto's because, because not only does it create inflammatory responses, not only does that screw up your blood sugar, not only does it create leaky gut, but it, it alters your, your vitamin D, it alters your glutathione, which is trying to stop the immune system that's attacking your thyroid. Um, and uh, it affects iodine metabolism, poor, uh, poor it, so, so we try to not have people take iodine when we're treating Hashimoto's because we can flare them up. But there's a certain amount of iodine that's needed <laughs> to make the thyroid hormone in the first place. And the microbiome will throw off the, 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 the iodine, uh, 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 ability to make the proper amount of iodine that, that your thyroid needs and you know under those circumstances um, it affects selenium 
selenium is something that if it's low, then you need you, you, that will that will that will actually cause you to create Hashimoto's if you have the genetic propensity for it. Um, the inflammatory responses, uh, the, just the, just having the the intestines um, have that microbiome imbalance will cause you to not convert your thyroid hormones properly. So it's a, it's a huge deal. And 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 you know over the years it's been like yeah you got a bad gut yeah you got a leaky gut yeah yeah you have uh, you need probiotics um, you don't need probiotics they're making you worse and you know this is, this is all this is all relative to the fact that Hashimoto's patients have a different have a different microbiome than the average person and <laughs> to make it even better each Hashimoto's patient has a unique microbiome unto itself. So, so, the, so if you've gone online and you've read about this or you've read about the SIBO and you've done it and it hasn't worked, it isn't because what I'm saying is wrong. It's because there are, are a lot of things that affect your microbiome. And you have to figure out which one of those physiological imbalances and abnormalities, abnormalities are there for the person. But I, I must tell you, it's, it is a great place to start for those of you who are, who are uh, having uh, um, nor normally, I, I will tell people who have not been doing functional medicine for a long time and they're confused and there's so many moving parts, and they'll say like, you know, where's a good place to start? And, and, and the answer is diet and blood sugar without getting into that too, too heavily. But, di but diet's complex. We use like nine different diets and the person could have SIBO and the person could have, uh, you know, Crohn's disease or the person could have celiac or they could have none of that stuff and have poor digestion and they get a lot of food sensitivities and then it's difficult to figure out the food sensitivities and who's got food allergies. So, so you know, who's got an ulcer, uh, whose gallbladder is not working. So diet's, diet's a challenge. I, it's something we've worked hard on here, but diet has a lot to do with fixing the, the SIBO and, or, 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 or with fixing the microbiome. All of that creates poor microbiome stress. I do functional neurology as well as functional medicine. If you're not, if, if the person's stressed and you're not fixing that, then, then that can be an issue. But the microbiome, it, so in a Hashimoto's patient, the whole point is the microbiome's huge. So I could throw in there diet, meaning all of those things, and all of those things are screwing up your microbiome. Oh, and, 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 the, and the lack of diversity in your diet. The fact, the fact that most people are eating the same eight to 10 to 15 foods like all year long. And, 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 and so that's not diversity. Um, so that is, um, so that's why the microbiota, the microbiome really is important in general to people's health. But if you have Hashimoto's, it is like uber, uber, super uh, important that that microbiome get under control and that it be kept under control once, uh, once you've got it there because it is a huge, huge factor. I mean. I mean, I have a chart, like 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 I, uh, like huge chart that shows all the things that that imbalanced microbiota can do, and, and it's like it's like it's like reading the Hashimoto's patients' uh, uh, symptom list <laughs> when they walk in the door, so you can so you can see how how important that could be. Thank you for joining us for another episode of What Is Hashimoto's. To find out more on any of our topics or for information on scheduling a consultation with Dr. Rutherford, please visit us at whatishashimotos.com.